Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Breakdown. It is February 22nd, 2023. I'm your host, Nate Pike. We're going to be joined in just a second by the incomparable Sarah Biggs to help us make sense of a few things. Tonight is going to be a little bit different. We're going to try to do things a little bit quicker than normal, perhaps. Uh, And we are also going to be um, running through a couple of... uh, Let's go with some of the conspiracy theories that are making the rounds in Alberta politics right now, because there are a few conspiracy theories that have been getting a lot of a lot of media attention that we want to try to see what we can do to make a little bit of sense out of tonight. We're also going to be asking answering questions. So with politicians hitting the doors with their volunteer teams hitting the doors, there's a lot of people who are wondering, hey, if a politician shows up at my door, what kind of questions should I ask them? We're going to be having Sarah Biggs. She's going to hopefully uh, provide us a little bit of context. I'll throw in my two cents for the exactly two cents that they're worth. But before we get too far into things, a couple of things that we wanted to just quickly talk about. One of them, it's got to do with this, this furor that we're seeing from people about the concept of these 15-minute cities. There's a lot of people who have gotten really, really upset Uh, about the idea of 15-minute cities. But the thing is, nobody seems to really know what we're actually talking about. There's a lot of misconceptions. There's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of disinformation. So we did a little bit of digging, and we wanted to try to make a little bit of sense of what these 15-minute cities actually are. So at the end of the day, what it comes down to is 15-minute cities. The idea behind it is that you should be able to walk to whatever amenities you need, whether it's a grocery store or whether it's a a hardware store or a library or any of those things, you should be able to walk to those places in 15 minutes. They should be that close. That's how cities should be designed. Now, obviously, in a city like Calgary, we got some sprawl problems. Uh, so in a lot of these examples, you can't walk 15 minutes cities, 15 minutes to a grocery store. But the basic idea is that if people had better access to the things that they need via walking, maybe they would drive less. Maybe that would ease up on some congestion. And it comes out of a situation that occurred in the UK. And so basically What it was is a city council put forward a proposal. I want to make sure that I get this right. Uh, They put forward a proposal to have effectively traffic filters. So what traffic filters are is areas where just driving through isn't allowed. If you just drive through these areas, then you'll get a ticket. That doesn't mean there's no access to those areas. From the from an article in the USA Today, where they actually debunked this whole thing, vehicles such as buses, taxis, motorcycles, emergency vehicles, as well as cyclists and pedestrians will still have free access to all of these roads. So it's not like they're closing down the streets and nobody can get in or out. And in fact, if you decide not today, I'm really going to take this road, you can still do that. There's no physical barriers. There's just a camera like a red light camera, that if you're driving on these roads inappropriately at the wrong time in these little areas, then you would you would potentially get a ticket. That's it. That's the whole ballgame. So it's really quite inconceivable why it is anybody would be getting this upset over 
this idea of the the 15 minute cities creating locked down areas because that's simply not what is being talked about what's being talked about is how do we address traffic congestion how do we make sure that we're designing cities designing neighborhoods so that people have access to the things that they need in order to uh, cut down on driving walk-in places is good for you now obviously anybody who's in calgary tonight or really alberta tonight you know there's some days where that's just not going to be an option but that's exactly why there are times when these rules would be lifted in the uk they don't usually get down to minus 35 all that often. So the whole furor over 15-minute cities is just something that's being misrepresented. It's almost as if there has become this little uh, backyard industry that's been created around, well, we've got this conspiracy theory. If I get people really, really upset about it, they'll give me money. Now COVID's over. People can't get so upset and, and fund these grandiose speaking tours across the entire everything. So I guess we have to move on to the next thing. And that means that we have to manufacture the next thing. 15-minute cities? Oh, that sounds like we can probably get some grift out of that. Moving on from there. Hopefully we got us to Sarah Biggs hanging out in the wings. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn her camera on just in keys and here we go sarah how are you doing tonight i think you're muted again hi hey how's it going good how are you i'm doing good uh, you, um, you took the words out of my mouth that 15 minute cities are the new grift well i mean that's really what it is though isn't it it's it's <laughs> so i work on a, I wrote a strategy for a campaign a little while ago. Uh, actually, a year ago. Oh my god! So um, we were doing an analysis of food deserts. Okay. So anything that was like, so if you take a map of a town, I don't have maps. That's okay. So if you have maps and you draw 1.5 or 2 kilometer circles of, you know, grocery store, there should be grocery stores in those circles. And what we notice is that we had circles like this on the west end like this. And on the south side of the city, it was like this. So there was a huge food desert. So, you know, you see 15 minute city as you know let's go back to 1915 mentality every district had their their butcher their you know uh bread maker uh how do you call it so no, you know everybody had their butcher their bakery yes sorry i can't speak english tonight my toddler has been sick for the past few days and mommy has not slept a lot um you know our vegetable markets the pharmacy you know everything you needed was in those neighborhoods and back in the day there was no cars you know there was a local school there was a local church there was a, the doctor sometimes that had an office there the lawyer like if you look at Inglewood Inglewood is the Inglewood slash Ramsey is the best example of how it was 
back in the day. People didn't have cars. People were walking to go to school. People were going to, you know, uh, walk, take the kids, go for a walk, grab the groceries, stop by the bakery, stop by the butcher to get a special and then, then go home. And the way I see it is that with all the transportation issues and um, sprawl issues that we are dealing with right now, um, density is one of, could be one of the great equalizers of the issues that we're having. Like today I was driving on Acadia. The line was so long just to get to the light. So I went around, but it shouldn't be that way. We shouldn't have to struggle to get around and, yeah, I, I see 15 minutes cities as just like, you know, it it's not a concentration camp. It's not like what's in China. It's nothing like this. It's just there's a, a model in Vancouver some developers are working on. So at each corner, there's a store at the bottom. And then the second, third floor has, you know, apartments, condos, whatever you want to name it. Um in my uh, hometown, Switzerland, where my family's from, we still have, so my um, great-grandparents were traders, D-E-R-S, not traders. Uh, so we... The Swiss were neutral. They were a neutral folk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're always neutral. But, so, but my uncle, um, so they kept the house, um, my family, my ancestors grew up in, the house is like 200 something years old and we still have a clothing store on the main floor. Second, third floor is the family residence. So I think it's just an attempt to try to densify um, and try to stop the sprawl and really go back to basics. It wasn't that bad back in the day when you had, like I lived in Sonalto and I loved how close everything was. I was like three minutes away from 17th Ave and the grocery store and everything. I could walk everywhere. It was not a problem. I was like 10 minutes away from co-op and it was great. I didn't have to jump in my car every single time I wanted to go somewhere. And that's the problem I'm facing right now because I live in the burbs. So to take the kids swimming or to take the kids to school or to go, you know, we need to take our car. So I think and it's all a matter of you know, trying to be uh, mindful about our emissions and how we're dealing with the environment, and less cars on the road and try to incentivize. It's uh, also 15 minute cities are um, walkable cities. They're bikeable cities. Um, does anyone remember the guidebook back in 2021? Oh, I do. <laughs> oh, do we ever? Um, you know, but uh, the grist, you know, when Chris Kai goes after something you know that it's a good thing As you know, it's See, uh, 15 minutes cities are the new grift so my, my whole thing is like i grew up in a small town in northern alberta and it, it it didn't take 15 minutes to walk from from edge to edge of the town and so it's it's one of those things where like a yeah. How 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 badly have we lost the plot? First of all, that we're getting upset about. Oh, I could have everything I need within fifteen minutes. It's unfair. Like that—that's that in and of itself is mind blowing to me. But the fact everybody, is, everybody wants to flash their Land Rover on the street, Nate. That's why. But they're they're not even limiting that. I mean, the the where this all came out of in the UK, 
the the idea is there's certain roads, yeah. not all the roads, just look, certain roads. Look at Banff, Main Street in the summer. Best example. I love it. The best stroller friendly thing they could have done. Like seriously, I have a stroller because my toddler is sometimes untamed, and sometimes the stroller is a lifesaver. And for every mom out there. Main Street in Banff during the summer and Main Street in Canmore during the summer. It's perfect because you just pop in and out, in and out. It's not a bad thing to not have vehicles. Look at the transport, the transformation Paris went through over the past three, four years. I haven't been. Well, okay. So, um, okay. So to give some context, so you have like the Louvre. And then you go down the boulevard, and then you continue straight, and you have the opera. And then you have a boulevard that goes across, and it's called Boulevard des Comédiens. And it used to be packed with cars. Packed. Now it's a, it's a cyclist street. Cyclists took over Paris. So if it's, Paris it's can... To, it's hard to imagine France taking over anything, but... <laughs> But they, 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 that was they, a surrender they, joke. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Allez les bleus. But no, um, you know, people need to get over themselves. If they want to grift, they can grift. But holy gin. I'm just getting so frustrated that <laughs> they're using this engine. It was like, oh, it's like concentration camps. No, 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 no. You don't have anyone dying in Auschwitz, but you well, didn't. Like, I see some prominent Calgarians posting videos of what's going on in China. We're not in China. We're not living in the communist country. We're just trying to be smarter about our... Well, here's my thing. When, when people are like, oh, well, if you look at what they're doing in pick dictatorial country X, uh, they're, they're locking people in. Okay, cool. You know what else they do there? When people call out the government, they get disappeared. Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. You haven't been disappeared, kiddo. You're doing okay. They're just fine. Or, you know, if you're a very influent personality and calling to watch the execution of a lot of world leaders on PPV, um, that, that nice. I would like to see that gold medal being handed back real quick because it's not okay. Uh, But, you know, on to the next grift, right? They got to keep themselves busy. COVID's, you know, it's not over. It's far from over, but we're acting like it's over you know what we are um you know we get more covid but more people are surviving it now because of vaccines vaccines work people go figure oh my god they work oh i'm gonna get another email for registration for a sub stack from a doctor again i my, i i was you know what i unsubscribed and then i got another i got added back oh yeah Oh, and yeah. Then I was told that my free trial was over and I would have to pay. And I was like, sweet, cancel that. And I haven't gotten anything recently. So that's kind of cool. But let's talk about this Jamie Slade thing for a little bit. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is, I mean, here's it's the sad. thing. It is sad. And we've seen throughout the pandemic, there have been certain people who have been radicalized. And we're seeing more and more because there's a lack of willingness to accept expertise, I guess, 
um, that, that people are trying to manufacture their own, well, this makes sense. Uh, and they're, they're taking the, the information that they're getting from, from Facebook groups and certain far right media outlets. will get to them in just a sec um, who are happily spreading straight up hateful information. We talked about this last episode where there was the gentleman who wrote the column where he admitted, Oh yeah, I totally leaned into the, the, the homophobic and the transphobic tropes for clicks. Ah! I mean, he apologized after so good, I guess, but it speaks very clearly to the type of model that's being, it seems to speak very clearly to the type of model that's being utilized. And there doesn't seem to be any concern for the fact that when you throw that bullshit out there, there are people who will believe it. Oh yeah. 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 And I look at Jamie Soleil and I go, uh, you know, you, you want a gold medal for figure skate and that's pretty good. You don't have to be an expert on immunology, virology, political science sociology like you know what you did okay google Maybe it a notepad <laughs> sell some nikes i don't know <laughs> just take retire but it's just so sad to see like at the beginning jamie was like wearing t-shirts be like let's beat covid together and then like i always said three years of pandemic and facebook are not a good mix they are not because a lot of people were alone. A lot of people were going through separations. A lot of people were, you know, it was family day since March 13, 2020. It's been extremely, it's like when I'm being asked, what do we do for a family day? It's like, it's been family day for three years. So, you know, I'm done. Uh, you can do what you want. It's a free day today. Um Yes, I'm a bad parent. You can come at me with your pitchfork. That's okay. Um, but, you know, it's just sad to see how some individuals really, really, uh, I wouldn't say, uh, I would say the evolution of their race to the rock bottom. And there are some individuals taking advantage of some individuals with name recognition. And they are using those individuals to try to push um their agenda or like i don't know this summer our premier had a very you know but when she was running for leader she had a very prominent uh hockey player on her health panel or i don't know what it was i i, I just shook my head and i walked away but the thing is that certain individuals took advantage of certain individuals. And we are like, if you look at where's Kevin J. Johnston these days, do you know where he is? Don't, don't. If you say it two more times, he'll appear. It's like Beetlejuice. Don't do it. So. <laughs> there we go. But no, uh, you know, we had a lot of actors like, you know, certain non-media because they're just you know uh, pundits or some new media came up to be able to pursue and push a new agenda um the the, the social media context changed a lot um it was abrasive before but it came became even worse um because now when you disagree with someone you're a communist like my husband always sends me that meme that says everybody I disagree with is a communist. Um, it's quite funny because it's 
Lenin on a magic carpet ride. <laughs> it says everybody who I disagree with is a communist. But because um, <laughs> you got to keep your sanity at some point. But it's just really, really unfortunate. And I think that, you know, in the new curriculum, if a new curriculum is being implemented, uh, critical thinking and how to recognize misinformation should be mandatory in high school. I'm just going to leave it at Junior that. high and elementary. Oh. I Like, there should be... And nobody should be afraid, especially the conspiracy theorists who are doing their own research. Uh, nobody should be afraid of asking well-informed questions. And I mean, when you see someone like Jordan, Jordan Peterson, I saw put out a tweet this week where he was like, anybody who's trying to label something misinformation or disinformation is they're They're probably just lying to you. And it's just like, we're that woke. is the, that is the clumsy, yeah, woke. That, that is the clumsiest and worst kind of, manipulation to be like hey if if it's misinformation it's probably stuff they just don't want you to know well yeah i don't want people thinking that i don't know hydrochloric acid on an open wound will solve the problem that's not that is bad information somebody should be saying don't do that that's bad information and if you have a problem with that there's only one of two things that's going to happen you're either going to find out through your own research or you're going or Darwin's coming for you. Yeah, and I don't want to see Darwin take people. No, no. You know, I, I want people to be happy. You know, if you don't want vaccines, I, see, I was talking to a family member in Edmonton last week and he owns a business and his warehouse is manufacturing um, warehouse was full of orders. So he deals in technology and all that. Mm -hmm during COVID and when vaccines became mandatory because he was dealing with some tradesmen, some of them were like, oh, I don't know where I'm not getting the vaccine. And he was like, you're going to leave tonight, go get a little shut in your little arm and you're going to come back tomorrow morning vaccinated with your little card. If not, you don't have a job anymore. It was like, I can't afford to shut down. I just can't. Um, but some individuals are so, so, so deeply deeply convinced that, you know, you know what the good, there is a silver lining to the, is there, there is to the Jamie Soleil, Theo Fleury thing. So I was, I saw the, the, the thing, the, the Jamie Soleil tweet where she was like, yeah, I would love to see all of these people get executed because I'm a caring, compassionate human being. Um, paraphrased a little bit there for the record. Um, but I also saw, as I was scrolling through her little timeline, she was like, oh, coming up at the end of the month, it's the live show of Fire and Ice with Theo Fleury. And I was like, man, it's been a while since I looked into this because I, I heard that they were doing a, a television talk show uh, on a monthly basis. And I was, I, I was kind of like, okay, well, whatever. Like, whatever. But here's the good news. Because... <laughs> I did a little bit of like rabbit holing and it turns out they don't have a studio per se. They, they rent out a theater and then they set up all their stuff and they record their show and that's fine. No, I'm not judging anyone's production values or anything, but I looked at the costs of the theater <laughs> and you know how we've been kind of talking about how down the road, a couple of months, maybe uh, we need to do a, we need, we do, oh, we need to try doing a live. Um, it's affordable. <laughs> so we may have, we may have found a possible venue for a live thing. 
Olsen and Biggs will be sponsoring it. There we go. So even better. Um, but I want to move on from there because yeah, talking about – talking about, about grifters. Uh, no, we're going to go back to the grifters um, because I want to hit one more topic before we get into the door knocking and the, the questions from the comments or anybody who's on Twitter spaces um, because there is one other thing that I think that we need to address. There's been a lot of furor lately over um, the the drag story time. And we've talked about this on the show before. And at the end of the day, the, the bottom line for me is if parents are choosing to take their kids to drag story time, that's their choice as parents. And if you have a problem with that, then you need to check yourself because you might just be an asshole. But oh, here's so those are the same parents that are advocating for a choice in education, right? Yeah, those same those okay. those same ones. As long as you make the same choices that we do, we totally believe in parental choice. Yeah, okay. But here's where things have unfortunately and tragically escalated. And this is another one of those ones where I'm gonna say uh least qualified person in the room to speak on this, but I feel like it's a conversation that we have to at least start having. Uh, and that has to do with the controversy uh, around a city of Calgary change room where a trans individual was uh, a, tr a trans woman was was changing at the, the swim place. So my kids went swimming with grandma a couple of weeks ago and they had to walk through that shit. And I'm going to call it that shit. My two years old, who's, you know, she's pretty rad. She's pretty strong. She's pretty smart. But she shouldn't have to be. And my 10 years old should not be exposed to that kind of hate, that kind of bigotry, that kind of fucking Jesus guns and babies behavior and forcing down Something is not even true. Like my mother-in-law told me about it after, and I was like, it's a good thing I was not there because I would have been in trouble. So do you know the story? I know the story because my kids had to walk through that shit. So here's, here's the evolution of how this thing came to be. And this is important because we're going to talk about the lowered state. I mean, the Western standard, because they are at the very center of this whole clickbaity bullshit always hate. and forever uh, they're at the very middle of it because here's here's what happened allegedly and it's really important to emphasize On the allegedly the allegedly part and the story that has been handed down telephone style is one where the the people who spoke to the western standard allegedly um, didn't provide any sort of identifying information so we have somebody who's willing to to make apparently a bunch of statements and not stand behind the the statements whatsoever do with that what you will but the the story came out from the western standard that a uh, a, a nine-year-old girl came out of the women's change room she said oh, i think that there's a man in there and the dad then so here here's the first That's, here the that the dad this is what i'm saying so if we're going to say there shouldn't be men in women's change rooms, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say, I think that carries over all the way. 
if you have a concern about that sort of thing, then it would be appropriate to raise it with the staff who could then send in a female member to go investigate. But if you go charging in as the John Wayne masculine hero into the women's washroom, you're already getting it wrong. But you know what's pissing me off? Those people, those individuals, the trans community, they just want to live their life. A lot of them are dealing with uh, gender dysphoria. They're, you know, they're really struggling. And very often transition is the solution. I know someone back in Quebec, a very, very prominent uh, public figure, very smart business person, um, tech person who transitioned. And she transitioned early. Like I'm talking like 13, 14 years ago. Like she was one of the pioneers. Uh, she, um, so she transitioned from male to female. But here's the thing. They're saying they're groomers and they're pedophiles. No, no, no. Guess what, guys? They just want to be fucking left alone. I'm more worried about Jim Bob down the street with a criminal record living by a school that by, you know, I don't know, Michelle, who's just, you know, did her work. She's She just wants to live her goddamn life and want to live her truth. I'm, I'm tired of double standards. Just let people be. What happened to let people be? What happened to that? Well, here's 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 the question that I have fundamentally. It, it, there is a baked in assumption that's being implied. And I think it's really dangerous mm -hmm. because the implication is that if um, a trans woman is in the woman's washroom, well, she must be a predator. And that's just not true. Being it's trans true. doesn't make you a sexual predator. Being gay doesn't make you a sexual predator. Here's the problem that I have. There's more religious men that are sexual predators than any member of that community. Fuck sakes. Like half the Catholic Church is being investigated right now. Sorry, I'm here's, angry. Here's, here's the other thing that I don't understand. And this to me is like indicative of how little, uh, and I say this as a middle-aged white guy, how little middle-aged white men know about women's washrooms because here's the thing y'all have stalls we do <laughs> in, in a men's washroom it's urinals it's open season oh no so, you guys usually have two stalls well yeah but those For those are two, right? those are yeah those are that's a whole different thing i've but, used them before because i didn't want to wait me on a sign like sometimes when you go to a concert and it's like a boys band, I'm sorry. Or Taylor Swift, I'm sorry. I'm going to be using the dude's washroom because I don't want to wait 45 minutes. And you know what? I don't care. I did it when I was 16. I did it when I was 19. I don't care. A bathroom is a bathroom. I share my bathroom with my husband. What, what is this? What is this? But it's 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 this base assumption that, you know, anybody from any particular demographic is uh, more inclined to be a sexual predator. You know who you know who sexual predators are? Sexual predators, period. Mm -hmm. That's They're it. registered, too. That's that's the whole ballgame. Being gay doesn't mean that you're going to be a sexual predator. Being a uh, drag performer reading stories to children doesn't mean that you're going to be a sexual predator. Being trans doesn't mean that you're going to be a sexual predator. None of those things equal to being a sexual predator yeah. period and the notion that like again it's just that it, 
we shouldn't have men in the women's washroom. So as a man, I'm going to go charging into the women's washroom and I'm going to fix the things in there. Like, but here's the thing. He left his nine years old, go alone and didn't use the family washroom instead. I have questions. I have a lot of questions. It's anyways. Hi to Larry Heather who show, showed up with his, you know, his speaker and his microphone and started singing songs. Oh Christ! I thought Larry Heather was in our our, our comments for a section, and you gave me a heart attack. No, no, no. He was there singing his little heart out. Well, that's lovely. Well, you know, he's always on this corner of Southland and McLeod with his entire abortion sign. He always gets a good hunk and a middle finger. There we go. All right, let's move okay. on from there. Yes. Because I w again, and this was one other thing I just want to mention before we move on. I spent like half an hour today trying to find out, okay, so what the hell exactly happened here? Mm -hmm. Like with this, this. I think it was out of Vancouver, that parent. It was from BC. It was not even. No, it was, it was from the Canyon it Meadows. From, it was from Canyon. And so I read another story too, that it was like parents from BC well, that complained. There were some in Saskatchewan. Like, but <laughs> at the end of the day, all of the sources for the story that came out of Calgary were based off of some of them just directly copy pasting the lower, I mean, the Western standard. Mm -hmm. So when CBC hasn't picked up on it, when Global hasn't picked up on it, when CTV hasn't picked up on it, when City TV hasn't picked up, when nobody else has picked up on this major story, wake up. It kind of smells a little bit like bullshit as i'm saying but let's talk about door knocking we're heading into the election uh -huh. presumably we, we're certainly seeing no shortage of uh of, of promises being made i mean you and i had a conversation about this i think it was yesterday where it's like i don't even know what we're going to talk about on wednesday because it's just been a fire hose uh we're gonna we're gonna we're basically gonna release the budget early hope y'all are okay with that um so we're clearly in campaign season one of the topics that's come up a couple of times in the chat has been, you know, what do we what do we say to a politician when it, when they show up when they're door knocking? Now, I've done the the door knocking thing in not one but two elections, and I've volunteered for a couple other campaigns as well. So I'm not a stranger to door knocking. But from a political strategist standpoint, I want to hear your thoughts on what should people Knowing that we're going to be, you know, especially if you live in Calgary, battleground city, there's going to be cannons and junk. Um, what should people expect? What should, what would you encourage people to be prepared with when it comes to questions? Ask about, okay, so if you have a, I don't know, conservative candidate at the door, and don't forget, we need to remain nice. When sometimes I give a little bit of a hard time to some people because I can, but you got to remain nice and polite. So, First question, if you live in Calgary and you have a UCP candidate showing at your door, being like, hey, how is our star not considered like corporate socialism? Are you okay with that? Are you supporting it? Because I'm not okay with that. It's my money. Number two, education. There's not enough space right now in the media and in the political debate for education. It has to be. We need to scrap the curriculum. There's a lot of issues with the curriculum and how it flows in causes so many problems. We don't have enough EAs. Um, you know, it's like post-secondary. Hey, uh, we've cut, made so much cuts for the past two years, but hey, we're going to 
for the past four years, but hey, we're gonna be putting in the cap. So it's gonna help the students in 2024, 2025, I think, Nate. And then, uh, you know, university are gonna be getting even less money, so you're shit out of luck. Then I would ask about transition. Ask them hard questions. What are what are they going to do? How are they planning to address, you know, I just want to be crystal clear when we're talking about, given what we just finished talking about, when you're talking about transition, you're, you're talking right. about just transition. Just transition. Or they've got a new name for it. They rebranded it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sustainable jobs, Bill. Sorry, I didn't mean about individuals transitioning. But you, you should could tell all... them that it's, that's that... Any politician who wants to talk about that, you should just tell them some of their goddamn business. Yeah. Just fuck off, Brenda. Just, you know, go away. Um, sorry for anyone listening. It's named Brenda. That's just my, my line. Says, not all Brendas. Yeah, not all Brendas. It's not like all not all Karens, right? Or Lindas. Anyways. Uh, so, you know, you need to ask questions that do matter to you. And have consequences, you know, issues that are in your neighborhood. A lot of people are on, uh, you know, community um, Facebook page. Like, I know what the issues are in my community. I'm not going to give the name, but I know what the issues are. Uh, it's like during a municipal election, everybody wants snow clearing, but no one's getting it done because nobody wants to pay more taxes. And then it's up for another whole discussion. But ask them, you know, education. How will my kid meet the requirements when the rollout is so disastrous? Okay, so you said that you didn't want to throw more money on the healthcare system, but you just announced $2 billion. What's up with that? You know, we're, we're just genuinely trying to understand. Um, there's an article that came out today that only, Daniel Smith doesn't even know how many people are waiting for a recovery bed. But it's indisputable. That Alberta is leading the way in addictions. <laughs> Ask my dead cousin how he feels about it. Sorry, that one's very, very personal for me. It's the night she got elected, my cousin passed. You know, it's very, very personal. Like we cannot force we we can't force individuals into recovery. We can support them. We can provide them, like, harm reduction is king here, guys. Uh, what are they going to do to, you know, homelessness right now is a big problem. Uh, there is a journalist at a news outlet oh, in the city man. taking pictures. For some reason, he loves writing articles about me without calling me or quoting me properly. But he was taking pictures, shameless pictures of individuals just really trying to warm up. Like, what a fucking shame that's where you're at bud i'd be ashamed to be getting a paycheck from shit he writes it's just shameful like the city's suffering are we gonna give a better deal to cities so they can have more money to allocate to doap teams um alpha house you know they're opening 35 recovery beds at the di but the di is short staff and it's not necessarily the safest place on earth right now Talk about local issues and hold your representatives, both sides, accountable. Because both sides will want you to believe what they are trying to do. 
but you need to hold your feet to the fire. You have to. This election, we need to be extremely, extremely thorough on our politicians. But it's like, for me, in my area, it's like, okay, how are you going to be protecting this park? What are you going to do about it? Or, you know, I don't know. If I was rural, I would be like, hey, I'm planning on getting pregnant this year. Am I going to be able to give birth at the hospital? Is three streets you know, three quarters. It's within on. 15 minutes of walking. <laughs> 15. <laughs> but, you know, we need to go back to basics, guys. Forget about all the fluffy programs. And we need, we have lost our ways. We have lost what good fiscal management was. We have lost, like, let's remember that some individuals chose to immigrate to Canada and they chose Alberta within Canada because of their excellent educational program. Well, guess what? UConn dropped us and they took BC. So, you know, that we need to be... The thing is that I do not... Some MP, some MLAs are really have the constituents, you know, concerns at heart. They try to work for it. Elect someone is, forget the parties, elect someone is going to work for you. That's what I would say. Do your homework, look at the candidates. Well, it's pretty much a two-party system right now, except in a few writings, but do your homework and elect, elect, don't look at the color. Don't look at the color of the sign. Don't, don't, don't. Ask them the hard question of what they are going to do for you during hard times. Well, one of the things that I, I, I think is, is worth highlighting when it comes to the door knocking and, and the, the, the questions, as somebody who has stood on the, the knocking side of- Yeah, of I did so much knocking. Yeah. It, yeah. One of the things that has always really sort of resonated with me is when you get to a door and somebody's very clearly prepared. They've been waiting for this moment. And I, I, I remember there were a couple of houses that I went to where somebody had notes that they kept beside the door so that when some politician showed up, they could be like, all right, here's the list. And I think that that sort of thing for me was, oh, this is exciting. This is a person who's engaged. I'm going to have a fun conversation here. Those were always the doors that I stayed way too long at. But should people have a list, do you think? Yeah, make your list. Your priorities. Local local representation is best representation at this point because rural is going to be different from urban. Northeast Calgary, reality is different than Southeast Calgary. You know, we need to elect local representatives. Elect someone that lives in your writing. Elect someone that knows you're writing. Elect someone that you know is going to show up when you're struggling, where the premier is doing a boo-boo, and that will be listening. Um, you know, funny enough, during the municipal campaign two years ago, somebody from a, a, a candidate's team called on my husband's phone. They were like, hey, we're calling from this campaign. Do you have a minute to talk? And it was like, no, but you might want to talk to my wife. So... Um, but I would urge, and for me right now, it's not a matter of party. It's a matter of local representation. You know, if you believe that your candidate 
does not represent your values or there's too many red flags per se for you, look for another candidate. Because if not, we're never, never, never going to get on the Kanan Jamurin, ever. So vote for local representation. Vote for someone that can go to the bat if you need infrastructure. Um, you know, I, I, not too far from my house, it's like Anderson and all that. They're just redoing a whole chunk of it. And you know what? That's great. You know, municipal funds were you know, allotted, uh, some financing from the government, we're getting some upgrades. Awesome. But if we don't have that local representation, we're not going to, who's going to go fight for local schools? Very often, rural schools are the heart of the community. Are you going to ask your, your local representative to, like, go to the bat to get an upgrade, to get your school upgraded? Will you? Will the representative go and ask for a you know, primary care center um, network in your community because you don't want to have to drive 75 minutes. But, and I think that if we take it this way, we could be surprised of the, the end result. I'm just going to say that. Fair enough. Um, one of the things that I'm, I'm kind of curious about with this alleged election i'm getting so good at using that word uh alleged, alleged. i like saying it alleged because it's more You're so angry. french that's how i used I to read my anglophony but when i when i was a kid i thought that every word that ended by ed i had to pronounce the ed walked patted talked you know, when I was nine, living in Quebec and barely speaking English, I was like super eager beaver. Um, um, we're going to see very likely in some of the more engaged communities that have active community associations, we're going to see uh, de debates. Um, and we didn't get to see a whole lot in the way of debates in the municipal campaign because that was at the height in many ways of another wave of COVID. Um, so a lot of the debates that happened were either just web-based, but people didn't get to be there. Mm -hmm. Should people be looking for debates with these candidates? I mean, one, one of the things that we saw in 2019 was the UCP was like, ah, oh, it's a real nice debate you're having there. We're not coming. Do you think if people, if, if the UCP start to see more and more um, public pressure, do you think maybe they'll show up for debates? Like if, if we start to see, I mean, as much as they are deeply alarming, the reality is take back Alberta has done a really good job of getting the UCP's attention because they're getting 300, 400, 500 people out to their events. If, we start to see more and more people who are not ideologues. Um, Normal. Well, I was being careful. Uh, who are attending things like debates and that sort of thing. Do you think that will shift the UCP in this election into actually sending their candidates to debates? Or will mm -hmm. they, or do they have enough? I mean, like, Lacombe Pinocchio. Oh. That would be... Yes. I, no. would, I would, that would pay be money wild. to go to that debate. I would pay real money to go. I would drive and pay real money to go to that debate. Because I'll I drive you up there. You. I'll drive. I want to go. I really want to go. 
Uh, I'm going to bring my popcorn sit in second row in the back. Um, it's getting you know, nuts. in some swing ridings, yes, maybe. Because very often swing ridings are not rural, more urban. People are more interested to political debate, political discourse, and everything in between. Some of them are paying more attention. And I'm not dunking on rural right now. I'm just saying... You know, it's a different kind of voter base, uh, white collar, very, very white collar in certain areas in the city. Um, why not? Yes, I think, I think, honestly think that if some candidates are not showing up at the debate, I think it could badly look on them and they're hiding. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I think it could have consequences. Here's a question for you. And this has come up in the in the chat. And one of the things that we said we were going to do was address uh, questions that came up in the chat tonight. If anybody does have any questions about door knocking or anything like that, please, please, please. Ask it's an AMA. Yep. Um, one of the questions that came up had to do with the interview that the breakdown did a little while ago uh, as, as part of our, I think it ended up being a four-part series on the problems of political parties and the, the whipping that happens um, mm -hmm. to answer the, the question for politics of disability and equity. The three people that we spoke to in particular were ex justice minister, the honorable, she kept the honorific and I love that uh, Stephanie McLean, uh, NDP MLA, Robin Luff and Derek Fildebrand. And what I thought was really interesting as much as it's very clear, I, I have a lot of contempt for the Western standard these days. Um, it, it was actually Stephanie McLean, Robin Leff, both NDP. I'm not going to say which one, but one of them said, you should get Derek to come on. Mm -hmm. So there is, uh, there is a lot more, uh, there used to be uh, a lot more, openness to conversation between deeply opposing viewpoints. But it was fascinating to see um, the, the reality that, you know, you have Stephanie McLean, Robin Leff and Derek Feldebrand, and all of them were saying the, the whipping process is so complete that it is almost impossible for a NDP or UCP or Wild Rose or UCP because who are we kidding these days? Uh, MLA step out of line without having to deal with massive, massive consequences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how how do you approach? How would you how would you suggest people approach that? Because one of the things that has come up in the comments a couple of times here already, um, not only on YouTube but also on the the Twitter machine, I'm is not reading the comments. You're not allowed to read the comments. Um, <laughs> how do we? have that conversation with the the prospective MLA about how are you going to be able to advocate for your communities for community issues while at the same time getting Indiana Jones something hard on a daily basis. That was a bullwhip joke. So uh, follow the events very often. So it's going to be spring. It's going to be nice. There's going to be even like Victoria day. Well, if the elections in May, um, follow you know um, maybe just maybe some unions will be organizing some events uh you know local ndp and ucp um 
candidates will be putting in, you know, events. And so they will be, you know, in the wild. Um, watch. Sometimes uh, the good door knockers have like sandwich signs that says door knocking your neighborhood today. You know what? Try to find them. Go ask them the question. Don't wait for them to come to your door. Don't. There you, you go. Know, sometimes they just don't have a choice. Or if they're an elected MLA, well, well, during campaigning, you can't really go to the MLA office to talk about campaign issues. Nor you can You're use the email. To. You're not supposed to do that. But again, show up to the campaign office, man. Ask questions. Be 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 the. Can I say be the Karen, and ask all the questions and be there and you know be be like my my tween who's asking why every five minutes and is being defined to me. Um, ask questions. Follow the events. Follow them where they're at. Show up to the forums. Very often you're going to be able to talk with them. And it's not all MLAs that are bad. No. Let's, let's remember that. There's, and I know I'm going to get thrown some pitchforks and some fire, but you know, there's some people are being elected under their UCP banner that are decent people. Most and, of those people aren't running again, though, but. No, but I'm hoping that Christina Steed's going to be elected. Or I think it's tomorrow. What date is it today? 22nd today. Yeah, nomination votes tomorrow night. So hopefully, you take back Alberta is going to be losing their grip. Um, but, you know, just follow the events. Um, during the election, in my warrant, there was a ward page where we could engage with the candidates' a Facebook page. So, a Facebook page. And if they ignore you, you know what? Keep the pressure on. You're not going to get anything done if you don't keep the pressure on. That's my motto. You keep the pressure on. doesn't matter which side of the aisle. Keep the pressure on. Keep asking questions. And if you're not happy with the answer, persevere and ask. I'm not saying be, you know, harass candidates. That's not what I'm saying. No, don't I'm do saying that. Don't do that. Part of, no, don't do that. You know, they're humans too. Um, and they have feelings, but... Show up to local debates, show up to the events, show up to local discussions about, you know, your writing. You need to do all those things. We need to be, oh, we lost Nate. I don't know what's going on with my laptop tonight. I'm still here. I may just have to switch to the crappy desk app. It's okay. So, yeah. So, you know, be present. Ask questions. Hold your feet to the fire on both sides, please. Because it's not that one's for one party or the other that they get a free pass. Just saying. Don't disagree. It's the plan B camera now. Um, I had another question that I wanted to ask you, but it totally fell out of my head when my camera shut down. Any questions <laughs> in the chat? Well, that's that's one of the things that I wanted to say. If, if there's anybody who has any questions in the chat yeah. or in the Twitter spaces, uh, yeah. throw them in the comments um, or, or do the little. There's actually people in Twitter spaces tonight. I was, I've, I've been kind of wondering, like, I've been a little worried about the Twitter spaces, how it's been doing, but uh, it's fine. Yeah, seems to be doing okay. Um, I'm a little tired because I'm, you know, we took possession of our office and I'm painting. Paint teams are, are brutal, especially when you're five foot two. There is also that. I, I wouldn't know about being five foot two, but. Fair enough. Um, sure. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so here's one thing that I want to throw out to to our our listeners, whether you're live tonight or uh, whether you're listening to the podcast version or watching this down the road. One of the things that's going to be navig- being navigated over the next little while is the, the schedule for the shows is going to get a little squirrely. And one of the things that we want to try to do is um, get back to some of the interview episodes that we've done to make it a little bit more consistent. Um, so the stuff that's driving the squirreliness in the background doesn't really affect what people expect from the show so all of that being said if there are people that you would like to see us have conversations with mm-hmm. drop us a dm i, uh, I love uh, asking hard questions and have a good debate i'd like to go. participate in a few there we go um we have a question <laughs> on the twitter machine um sammy asks why is alberta um I'm going to take the first crack at that one just for fun. Um, Alberta is Alberta because colonizers with guns and liquor said so. And smallpox blankets. I mean, it is what it is. It's our history. It is. And I got to say, that was one thing that I was really impressed with. There were a lot of people came unglued over this whole uh, singing of the national anthem in the United States, no less. So, like, everybody slow down a little bit. Um, But uh, um, I don't have a problem with with the that lady singing our home on native land. No, that was awesome. I thought that was just like like, awesome. I, I saw it and I was like, oh. Okay, so we got some questions in the chat that I want to answer. So uh, first question that we have right here is uh, Tamara. I always get Tamara and Tamara and all the variations that wrong. So I hope it's Tamara. If I'm getting it wrong, I apologize. With so many free passes, giving to lies and outright illegal things happening in government levels, when does the law kick in? I mean, the what we've seen, I think, uh, historically, is it takes a really long time. I mean, there's a lot of people who are super frustrated with the Jason Kenney investigation because it's taken so long for that investigation to go. But one of the things that I've been saying since that whole thing started up is if the reports of how complicated that actually was. It is how, very complicated. Yeah. How many people were actually involved are anywhere near accurate. Then we're talking about an organization, uh, an investigation story that's of the same scale of organized crime investigations. You think about how long it took uh, investigators to take down Capone. You take a look at how long it took investigators to take down a lot of the organized crime rings in, in New York City. These are massive investigations with literally hundreds, if not thousands of interviews and re-interviews. It takes a really, really long time. And unfortunately, when we have a government that is, I don't know, doing perfunctory, performative investigations of emails um that only uh, makes things even harder but i do believe that in the vast majority of cases where people have egregiously broken the law the consequences do eventually show up takes a while but the consequences do eventually show up with the looking at the mr kenny's uh illegal Oh, sorry. Alleged illegal leadership campaign. Almost tripped on that one. 
Um, looking at that, that's a situation where I think that there's a very strong argument to be made. When that investigation's done, we're going to see some things. Um, so that's the that would be my answer, Sarah. What do you think? Why is it? Why are free passes given to lies? I mean, lies aren't illegal. That's part of the yeah. problem. Is people can lie. We see that all the time. Where politicians yeah. lie or political actors. That we we kind of. I feel like there's been more space for being complacent. There's more space for being tolerant. No matter what happens, you know, we're like, yeah, maybe they messed up, or maybe this, maybe that, or individuals are just exhausted. So when does the law kick in? Is a very, very, very complicated question. Because, you know, when you're saying, oh, my, my dog gave birth to 25 puppies last weekend, and, you know, people on serve eat Cheetos. <clears throat> There's no consequences to that. Yeah, because the whips, be that's the thing, the whips don't want to bother about that kind of, the whips are busy enough trying to keep everybody in tow, and, you know, they're not going to worry about that stuff. So, When does the law kick in? When they will decide or when we will see fit or when there's going to be enough public pressure because believe it or not, there's not enough public pressure to finish those investigations or to try to clear everything that's been happening. There's not enough. Even because the public outrage lasts two, three, four days, maybe a week, maybe two, and that's it. Then dies and just dies. So someone, you know... Someone needs to stop looking. How would I say that? So someone needs to. So somebody that watches our show just texted me and it says that, you know, people need to stop looking for someone to save them from their responsibility to participate in democracy. Decisions are made by those that show up. It is made by those who show up. Next question. Has yeah. Jesperson asked you to join his show? Sarah Biggs has been on the Jesperson show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've, I've never, I've never received. Or buzz. I think it's probably because, as has been established in the past, uh, I think he would be intimidated by my Jesperson impersonation. I'm just saying that these sorts of things. Oh my god! Keep telling yourself that. No, I've hey, been. I've you been. were the one. You were the one who said I sounded like him. So, I don't know. Don't blame me. Um, no, I I don't know who the question was for, but um, I go once in a while. Yeah, Sarah's, Sarah's a big deal. No. no. You're a big deal. Deal with no. it. No. Look at my hair. Like, I, I'm just like. Why do you think I wear a hat? <laughs> <sighs> yeah, but you're not going to. You're not going to like. I'm going to be judged by the word, the hat that I'm wearing. So it we might have, be matching my car. There you go. Another one here. Uh, how is it the UCP can put out political ads without right blatant and over the top lies? Do we have no laws against that? No. There are no laws against, to the best of my knowledge, uh, there are no laws against um, misinformation, lies. But at the end of the day, you can say whatever you want. You just need to accept the consequences. That's called freedom of speech. There we go. So the argument would be and certainly the argument that gets gets forwarded quite a bit is if somebody lies uh, on a political ad. Hold their feet to fire. Exactly. 
you know, and that's the thing. And freedom of speech goes to both sides, right? There is a responsibility for everything. Like I stand by everything that I say every day. That's why I got a, you know, liability insurance. Um, but the thing is that there's no laws and it would not be in the countries or the province's best interest to, that's why C21 is muddy right now for so many reasons uh, on both sides of the aisle. Some liberals like uh, Margaret, um, oh my God. Thatcher? No, not the dead one. Uh, the one that wrote um... oh my god my brain's not functioning doesn't matter liberal MP uh, you know no 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 the writer that wrote uh, Gilead oh Atwood Atwood thank you sorry I'm very tired I thought you were talking about an MP and I was all confused no 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 but you know even individuals are fairly liberal like Margaret Atwood uh, are like ooh C21 maybe not a good idea you know it's, I don't get it. But I think that there there would be a lot of very very dangerous precedents. And you know, at the end of the day, we've we've seen what happened. We've seen a lot of fuck around find out for the past three years. You know, you're free to speak as much as your little heart desires, but there's consequences sometimes, and the hate speech is one of them. You know, when you're getting But we can't. Everybody's gonna lies. Everybody lies. That's the thing. Everybody lies. I think part of the problem, though, is that we have seen there. There used to be an expectation that political actors, politicians, would, at the very least, err towards a more accurate version of things or a more accurate, factual-based interpretation of their things. But what we've seen especially with Danielle Smith, because I'm going to say it again, Danielle Smith lies all the time. Um, there are politicians who have figured out that if I lie to people, there will be some people that go, I think that might be bullshit. And there are some other people who will go, you're saying exactly what I want to hear. It's not my fault after all. And I think that that's a big part of of why they feel like they're able to get away with it. But at the end of the day, the only thing that's, that's going to stop them from, there's really only two mechanisms. The first one is if somebody says something about someone that's not true, then you're getting into the libel and defamation territory. Yep. And that's a whole other conversation, but it's very expensive it, to ensure. Yeah. It, if for Danielle Smith to say, uh, Vote. Oh, the anti-vax were the most uh, <sighs> discriminated against people in, in, in history. That's not true. That's yeah, but demonstrably she, she, not true, but she can get away with it. But it was a case of FAFO, though, because everybody dumped on her after that, right? She, for her base. Yeah, but her, her base is going to be her base. But it's like the NDP base is going to be the NDP base, right? For certain individuals, your party will do no wrong on both sides. So that is called hyper-partisanship. And I'm sorry if I'm hurting feelings tonight, but that's what it is. When you're dealing with hyper-partisans, like Trump said, you remember what Trump said in 2016 campaign, I could go on Fifth Avenue and shoot someone on the street and I would not get arrested. Yep. Oh. How many Republicans were okay with that? 
there were a lot of Republicans that feel that figured out very quickly that their biggest priority was not their ethics or their integrity. It was about being on the winning team. And yeah. that's that's part of the problem. I want to address a comment that, uh, that's in the comments here real quick, uh, because I think that it is important. Um, Tammy Morrison here says the UCP block people who push back. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. Because here's the thing. You're not going to be able to convince them. You're not going to be able to change their minds. Yeah. Those aren't the people that you need to be talking to or trying to talk to. Talk to your neighbors. Go door knocking. It's free. This is what I'm saying. Involve yourself on the political level. If you have a union, get engaged with your union. If you are part of the professional association, everybody's going on campaign mode right now. Every single union in the province is going to be talking about their own very specific issue during this campaign. Get involved. Door knocking costs this much. It's true. And it's, it is, I still believe that it is one of the most powerful tools especially after COVID. Well, after. COVID. Oh, and the science backs it up. Like the science on the the statistics on what are the most powerful tools that can be used during a political campaign. And overwhelmingly door knocking is like the biggest because that gets people um, engaged. That gets people having conversations. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's so, 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 so important. So not only is it important to sort of go back to where we started from, not only is it important to make sure that you are prepared when the, the politician du jour shows up um, and, you know, hi, my name's Timmy. What would you like to know about my platform? Um, and making sure that you've got questions prepared and you know what you want to talk about. But the inverse is also true. You can go out and you can say, hey, I like Team Waffle House. I'm going to go door knock for Team Waffle House. And uh -uh. International House of Pancakes, man. See, now we're back to the two-party system. But um, that is something. And I can tell you, as somebody, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, Sarah, um, that's one of the hardest things to find volunteers for. And it's the biggest thing that makes a difference in political campaigns. I being dealing. Okay. So here's one confession I need to make when uh, one of the hardest, hardest, hardest positions in during a political campaign is being the volunteer coordinator. And trust me, I try not to be because I'm not good. That at job it. sucks. That it job sucks. It's horrible. I love my people, but if, because you're, ah, no, I'm going to sound like a jerk. I'm going to stop talking, but give me, I would Here's rather go fundraise. If you want to be a big help to a political campaign, volunteer to be their volunteer coordinator. Because seriously, it's a nightmare. It's a logistical nightmare. You got to coordinate everything. You got to coordinate between campaigns. If you're not happy with what the other campaign's doing, you're trying to do your thing on your own, then you get yelled at and, ah, oh, F that. No, no, no. That's why I manage and that's why I write strategy. I don't. Vol volunteer coordinators are saints. True, though. And it is a paid position usually. So, you know. Just saying. Because um, there, there are paid positions on a political campaign. Oh, for sure there are. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
I mean, anything else you want to tell people uh, about the door knocking, getting in involved, conversation? Um, Nothing's going to change in this province if we are just going to vote. I'm expecting a lot of people are going to be holding up their nose and stay home this election cycle. Go vote. I don't want to see a participation rate of 45 to 50%. I would love to see 70 to 75 because... That election, so here's the thing, that election is going to be extremely consequential of the future of this province, and we're going to see if we're effed or if we are going to be okay. I don't disagree. Participate. Go for a walk. It's good for your heart. But my biggest rookie mistake is that, you know, at some point, Back in the day when I moved in Calgary, I was working in the whole brand food and I had very, very fancy shoes off at 50%. And I bought a beautiful pair of Prada shoes with, you know, a nice bow on it. And I went door knocking with those. No, they were flats, but um, my feet still remembered the pain. Yeah. You talk to anybody who's done any kind of door knocking for any time. Comfortable shoes, yo. It's all about get yourself a nice pair of Or if you don't like door knocking, you know what you can do? Get some tunes or podcasts in your ears. Get a um, lit, lit drop shift. And just lit drop in your neighborhood. There are so many, so many, so many things you can do. Uh, you know, help with the texting. Because the parties will be getting voters lists. Get, get on with the texting or data entry. and Just help the campaigns. Because during campaigns, we work 85 hours a week and we are exhausted. And, you know, the more the merrier. Being in a very, very busy campaign office is the best feeling ever. Just saying. It's, and you make new friendships and you mean, it's, you know, it's your team. You did it all together. There's no, you know, I, I always had a very, very big problem with, like, the campaign managers and the strategists being the star of the show. Let the team be the star of the show. Let your candidate be with you stand next to your candidate and be like, you know what? No, I am, I am accepting my convictions. This is the candidate and show your face. Show your face. There you go. All right. Um, Sunday. We'll be back Sunday. Sunday. Um, Sunday. It's not a long weekend. So that should, it should be a fun little show. I just want to reiterate again before I do the, the room clearing, anybody who has any, if there's somebody that you want us to try to talk to, if you want to see a conversation yes. happen between the breakdown and I don't know, whoever, uh, send us a DM, do the little at thinger and, and let us know. It's, it oh, never ceases to amaze me. Yeah. It never ceases to amaze me how some of the guests that we've had on the show where I've been like, somebody's like, Hey, you should talk to so-and-so. And I've been like, okay, let's see what happens. And then sure enough, that person yeah. to my shock says yes. Uh, so, you know, especially with if, the election. Like, if you have more questions and individuals who are a little intimidated asking questions, my DMs are not open, but if you follow me, you can DM me um, because it clears the noise out and I can block people more easily, but um, reach out. If you have questions, if you want to hear someone, just yeah, reach out. We're not gonna bite. We're not, eh, you know, we're not. We're not me. We're okay. not me. And then, how many days? So, should I do a show from Mexico? I don't know. I don't. I, 
I don't know if I want to see like beautiful weather, sunny beaches when it's minus 30. I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want to do that, but maybe I can do the Wednesday one, stop by for 20, 25 minutes. Um, Cause if not, I'm going to be away from, for like three episodes and I don't know if I can stay away that long. Why do I keep saying Brian's name popping up in the chat? Sorry. Last thing. Uh, because Lynn is uh she she Lynn, Lynn, Lynn's used to comment quite regularly on the Twitter spaces and she has Brian Jean as an MLA. Right, 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 right. Okay, so just here I got a question for you. Ask him um if the article from September 26, 2022, saying that Daniel Smith, his statement was saying that Daniel Smith would commit irreparable damage to the province and to the party if she was going to be elected. Uh, ask him if he still thinks that if he was willing to sign on the. Don't tell him. Don't tell him I sent you though. But I would ask that if a statement from. <laughs> Sounds like you just said that on a on a live stream on the internet. Don't, don't tell him. Don't tell him I sent that. Um, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, yeah. No. Oh, I'm saying people are like, no, don't. I'm gonna be working from there, guys. So you know, there's. No... You're reading the comments, Sarah Biggs. Well, I open the comments now because you know it's been time. Uh, there's one question, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to address this, uh, politics of disability and equity. We actually did. I got to sneeze. I'll be right back. Okay. We actually did interview Rachel Montley about a year and a half ago. Um, and would absolutely love to, to have that conversation again. Um, I, I would love to, to, to have a chat with her again. Um, perhaps we'll, we'll reach out, but there's a few folks over in, uh ndp land who are a little um they're not big fans because of the stephanie mclean robin love thing that we did um but you know what i'll send an email this week uh and i'll see if if maybe rachel Motley would be willing to come on the show again there's there's a very short list of people that we wouldn't have on the show um she's not on that list so but absolutely love to to have her on again and we can we can try to pursue that. All of that being said, uh, it's getting close to my bedtime here. So I'm going to wrap it up. I want to say a big thank you to everybody in the comments tonight. Absolutely uh, love the interaction. That's one of the things that makes this so much fun. Uh, big thank you to everybody who's listening as well on the, the, the Twitter spaces. Regardless of what platform you're taking the show in, if you're listening to the podcast version, thank you for taking the time to, to hang out with us for a little bit. Um, as always, if you appreciate the kind of content that we're trying to produce here at The Breakdown, you can always sign up to be one of our Patreon supporters at www.patreon.com slash thebreakdownab, where for just the price of a fancy cup of coffee a month, you can help us to continue to try to produce the kind of content that we do and hopefully address some of these ongoing technical issues that just every time I think we get them solved, they come back and I don't know why. Um so yeah, you can do that at www.patreon.com slash the breakdown. Maybe one of the other things that I promised myself I would plug is we've got a sub stack now too, because there were quite a few people who were saying, Hey, you know what? Love the live show, but I'd love to have something that I can refer back to. I'd love to see some of the, the, the links and stuff. So um, if you go to our Twitter, uh, you can check out the, the sub stack that we're running there. We're trying to publish that once a week to kind of fill in all the blanks. Um, and that's not paywalled either because we don't do that. Uh, so you can, you can take that in as well. In the meantime, we're going to be back on Sunday. Everybody, please 
have a great week. Try to stay, I mean, quite literally safe. It's freaking cold out there in Alberta right now. Um, and take care of yourselves. And as always, keep the conversation going.